One of the things I have noticed about good nurses is that in addition to their kindness, a good nurse will often tell you what you can expect before you undergo some kind of procedure. For example, I'm not a big fan of needles, much less the sight of blood, but if the nurse tells me that it's necessary and yes, it's gonna hurt a little bit, might even bleed, but leave that bandage on there for 24 hours, you'll be okay. And sometimes maybe they'll say, would you rather get it in this arm or somewhere else? If they'll do those things, I seem to do a lot better. And if I understand that a greater good is going to come from that shot, for example, a steroid shot or a vaccine, then I am more than willing to undergo a little bit of pain and discomfort for the good that it's going to bring overall. In fact, the more honest the nurse or the doctor is with me, the easier it is for me to trust them. And in the end, my decision to, to get the shot or to go through the procedure is an empowered decision, a conscious decision. So if things do get a little bit difficult or maybe something happens, I know it was coming, I expect it, and that's okay because I was ready for it. Now last week we heard Jesus empowering the disciples to become apostles. And there was really a contagious sense of joy about Jesus empowering them. They've been learning all this time, and now they're about to go out and proclaim the amazing goodness of the reign of God and the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. Just like the joy that was experienced yesterday down on Dixon Street. Because all the love that God's been whispering to our ears through the years, it was shouted from the rooftop yesterday. There was love all around. I wish those of you who weren't there, let me tell you, it was really, I was like an honorary member of St. Paul's for one day. And it was amazing because the people on the side of the street were saying, St. Paul, St. Paul, St. Paul's. I was thinking, yeah, that's right, St. Paul's. <laughs> it was really, well, I, I don't know. It's just, I've never been anything like that before. It was transformative to be in, in the midst of so much love and encouragement. I knew it was going to be a celebration of life, but it was beyond my expectations. Ministry, thank God, is like that for all of us. Sometimes our ministry brings a deep sense of joy and fulfillment as we seek to serve Christ. And I'm glad we have those, those moments of joy because when things aren't so joyful, we can remember those. When we run into resistance, we can remember those. Because Jesus, what he's going to talk to the disciples next about is that they're going to meet some resistance also. It's not always going to be joy when you're doing ministry. Because he says not everybody is going to welcome the message of the kingdom of God. In fact, some of the people, when they hear the good news, what they're actually going to hear is bad news. Frederick Buechner wrote about the fact that sometimes before you can hear the good news of God, you're going to hear it as bad news. Because sometimes we have to wait, it seems, for God to touch and transform our hearts. Because we get so attached to certain things that we're not really able to perceive the good news. I was thinking about that this week. and I was thinking, why is it that the kingdom of God is not good news to all of us all the time? And I think one thing we can say is it's part of the human condition to sometimes resist transformation. The ego fights tooth and nail not to be transformed sometimes. 
I went back and read the Magnificat again this week when Mary first got those amazing insights and inspiration that the kingdom of God was going to be breaking into the world through the child that she was now pregnant with. She starts off by saying, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. But then she goes on. God has shown the strength of His arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. How are the proud going to hear that? God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, God has sent away empty. Jesus reminds the apostles today that not everyone in their world is going to be happy to hear that. For example, if we're attached to playing the Game of Thrones, or maybe we're attached to making our money off of a throne, or a throne system, or a system that depends on earthly power, the inbreaking of the kingdom may sound kind of threatening. Think about those threatened by the kingdom and the religious establishment. Pharisees, amazing people, good people, devoted people, but some of them were so attached to a particular way of being religious that they could not wrap their brains around kindness and generosity, that there might actually be different ways of being religious. You know, as much as we love the Episcopal Church, there are other ways of being religious, aren't there? Yeah, even though and it makes us uncomfortable sometimes, I think, when we're in another church. We want to get back to our way of being religious. Think Pharisees for a second. They were so attached to a strict Sabbath observance that even when Jesus' disciples were hungry and they had no food that day and He told them it's okay to go get some grain and get you a bite to eat. But He said, listen, when you do that, you're going to get some blowback from the Pharisees because they are not going to be happy when we break the Sabbath laws. Jesus teaching that the Sabbath was for people and not people for the Sabbath, that the Sabbath was supposed to be life-giving and not starvation-inducing, well, he says, boys, it's not going to be well-received. Think about the group of men who are about to stone the woman caught in adultery over in John's Gospel. The kingdom message is of radical mercy and forgiveness. Everybody's forgiven in the kingdom. But when the men are getting ready to stone the woman, Jesus' message that let anyone among you or let who, who is among you who is without sin cast the what? The first stone. Well, they're not going to be happy when they hear that. Because if you're hell-bent, if we are hell-bent on scapegoating somebody else or projecting our sins onto somebody else, this message of love and forgiveness is not going to be a welcome message. And I think the one that blows my mind away most often is the message about healing on the Sabbath. Anybody here, a doctor or a nurse or affiliated with the medical or health profession, anybody have some associations with health care? Y'all are being bashful. There, I see a few hands. Well, you know what? If you do some good for somebody and bring health to them, doesn't matter what day of the week it is, does it? You would think that somebody would be grateful. But there Jesus is in the synagogue bringing health to somebody. And what do the Pharisees do? You can't do that. 
You can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. It still blows my mind to think how rigid we human beings can become. But then I remember, well, Danny, you get rigid sometimes too. You get attached to the way things are. A while back, I was on my morning walk with my walking buddy, Charlie, and we were going, we usually go counterclockwise. I love going counterclockwise. Well, for some reason, Charlie wanted to go clockwise that day. I'm sitting there thinking, and I could feel it, the resistance building up inside me. I could. I'm thinking, Charlie, why are we going counterclockwise today? But here was the thing. Once I got used to it, I began to see things I had never seen before. It was a whole new perspective on my neighborhood. I've been walking that neighborhood for years. But the day I started going the other way, clockwise, my eyes were opened. I really think that's the way the kingdom is sometimes. We get so used to seeing things a certain way that we really do need the Lord to once again open our eyes and let us see God's hand at work in the world about us to help us see, see things with new and fresh eyes again. But Jesus tells them frankly in, in today that guys, it isn't going to all happen at once. The kingdom is a process. The kingdom is a process that everybody has to go through. We have to be patient with people, I think, sometimes, those who haven't yet gotten a glimpse of the kingdom, because we know we haven't gotten a full glimpse of it, too. Of course, we don't have to look back 2,000 years ago to remind ourselves that there's still resistance to the kingdom, do we? It's happened in our lifetime. I remember being a boy growing up over in East Arkansas. I saw the bathrooms that were separate. I saw the word colored above the bathroom door. And the same for the water fountains. I'm sure you can think of other examples of resistance to the reign of God. What is it about bathrooms that brings out the worst in our humanity sometimes? I don't get that. Maybe I just haven't listened well enough because there's something about bathrooms that brings it out. I'm sure you can think of other examples that uh, bring, bring that have been examples of resistance to the reign of God. This one is so fresh. It's what yesterday was all about. The long struggle for all of us to be free, to be ourselves. That's all God wants. Be yourself. Don't be somebody else. Don't be what other people want you to be. God wants us to be free to be ourselves, regardless of sexuality, orientation, or gender expression. But it's not an easy one, is it? It's a struggle. It's why we all have to be together in these struggles for the kingdom. And that's why Jesus says when you proclaim the reign of God, yes, there's going to be resistance. Yes, there's going to be blowback sometimes, even persecutions. And sometimes we're going to meet resistance even in our own family. But did you hear what Jesus said in the message today? Three times when we encounter resistance, when we encounter rejection, he says, do not be afraid. Do not fear those who can kill the body, for they cannot kill the soul. God knows even when a sparrow falls to the ground, 
How much more does God know what's going on in your life? And how much more are you worth than many, many sparrows? Luther, in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, put it this way, The body they may kill, but God's truth abideth still. God's kingdom is forever. And in the end, nothing is going to stop the kingdom. In the end, nothing is going to stop God's love. And I tell you, in the end, nothing is going to stop your love. Because your love is the most powerful force on this earth. So I say to you, when you go out tomorrow and this week, keep on loving. Keep on sharing your joy. Let the spirit of love throw your, through your heart no matter what happens. Because love reveals what is true about you. It reveals what is true about the world. And sometimes love does have to be like a sword to cut away those things that are not of God. To pair away not only our attachments for others. Love reveals the kingdom. Love makes us free. Free to love ourselves and free to love everybody else. And I mean everybody. I know it's hard. There's some people I see on TV sometimes I would like to strangle. <laughs> but I have to ask myself, okay, what would love look like if I saw this person in the flesh? What would love look like? Love makes us free to love others and to love God, even though sometimes it hurts. So I say to you, be strong. Be of good courage. Keep on proclaiming the good news of God's love. Keep on proclaiming the reign of God, which has come near, and it's getting nearer by the day. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And when you do feel some fear, because we all feel it sometimes, when you feel fear, I say to you, persevere. For what you proclaim is greater than any fear.